0: Good morning, and welcome to Communitas Church. We are a church that seeks to love God and to love people in the Brainerd Lakes area and beyond. Yes, indeed. Oh come, oh come, Emmanuel. You are joining us. Uh, this is the first week of Advent, so we've uh, we've made it through the Book of Ecclesiastes. If you've been with us the last few weeks, and this is the the time in the uh, in in the church calendar, and also in the I guess in the, uh, the retail calendar, too, where we, we prepare for Christmas. And that means a, a different thing to, to different folks. And for us in the church, it's a time where we historically have, have taken time to prepare and to remember who the Lord is, what his coming to earth meant, uh, what that means for us and for the world around us. And so as, as we prepare, uh, we, we decided we're going to do, we're, gonna just, we're going through the liturgical calendar, we're pulling some of the readings, and so we're going to have, uh, some folks are going to come up and they're going to read, we're going to do all the readings um, after the communion service, or the com- communion portion of our, of our service. And what's, what's cool about that, uh, and what, what's interesting, and what I think we want to highlight is, is there's this great story that goes on. Throughout Scripture, and it's something we participate in uh, in communion, in the gathering here, the reason that we come here and we worship together, uh, the reason that we sing these songs, uh, that we, we have communion with one another, we listen to the preaching, and, and, and we participate in what's going on in, in the church around us and what God is doing. And so, what we're going to see throughout uh, the next couple weeks and, and through the, the readings today um, is this, this story throughout scripture of God, redeeming his people, calling them back into fellowship and union and communion with him. So join me as I pray for us for, our, for the, the remainder of our service. God, thank you for these people. Thank you that we were able to come together to read your word, to spend time gathered as one another. And Lord, as we have, are we about to partake in the communion service, Lord, may this be a, a metaphor and a symbol for how we live our lives Communing with you, redeeming what's been lost, and calling others into fellowship with you, and, and, and bring us all into right standing—not by what we've done, but by but you, what you have done. God, we thank you for your grace. Amen. So, as we have done for the last uh, few months, we do communion uh, here on a weekly basis. And we practice what's called open communion. And So that's, uh, if you are a, a Christian, whether you're a member of this church or not, if you are a Christian, you're welcome to come to this table. Um, and so what we're going to do is, is we're going to have a, a little bit of time of silence to reflect on, on the words of Jesus in this story of, of communion, this time when, when Jesus and his disciples gathered in, a, in an upper room, uh, a rented space, to celebrate what was traditionally a sacred meal in Jewish culture. And at that meal, Jesus invited his disciples to continue to join him in the spreading of of a new kingdom, a new way of being. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take some time and we're going to reflect on who Jesus is in our lives, what he's done for us, and what he's trying to do through us. I know that some of us in here, we're just, we're exploring the faith. We're not really sure about this whole Jesus thing. And we're glad that you're here. You're welcome here. Uh, your questions and your ponderings and, and that's this is a safe space for that. We want to have that conversation with you. And so for this time if that's if that's where you're where you are take some time to reflect on on your life the week prior the week coming up and what Jesus may have for you. What participation in the kingdom of God may look like. And for us as a church it's a time for us to consider what is our role and responsibility in the world around us, and how do we go out and influence the world based on what Jesus has done in and through us? And so we're going to take a few moments, and as you're ready, we're in no hurry here. Uh, go ahead and come on up. We have elements on the to the left, in the middle, and then to the right: crackers and juice, and it's made to symbolize this sacred meal. So we're going to, as you're ready, come forward, grab the elements, have a seat. And then when everyone has made their way forward, I'll read from the scriptures and we'll partake of this meal together as one body. So take the next few moments in silence and as you're ready, no hurry, come forward, take the elements, bring them back to our seat and we'll all partake together. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and we had given thanks. He broke it and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And as good meals and as special times with friends often do the meal wore on. And later on, he took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Okay, so generally this is the part of our service where where the kids take off, um, but we're going to have the kids stay in here for this portion. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be re- doing a few of the extra readings, the readings out of the liturgical calendar. And we've got three folks who are going to come up and, and read those for us, so you all can make your way on up. So if you'd like to follow along, they will be reading the, uh, we'll be reading out of Isaiah, out of... Uh, Matthew uh, 1st Corinthians and we'll end the service with the reading out of the Psalms. If you'd like to follow along uh, in your Bible you're welcome to do so. Uh, Mobile devices are are perfectly acceptable as well and uh, we also know that it's kind of quick to go through so the words will also be projected on the screen uh, behind us.
1: Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to to your adversaries, and that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things that we did not look for, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. From of old no one has heard or perceived by the ear, no eye has seen a God besides you. Who acts for those who wait for him? You meet him who joyfully works righteousness. Those who remember you in your ways. Behold, you are angry, and we sinned. In your in our sins, we have been a long time. And sh- and and shall we be saved? We have all become like the like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. There is no one who calls upon your name, who rouses himself to take hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us, and have made us melt in the hand of our iniquities. But now, O Lord, you are our Father, we are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Be not so terribly angry, O Lord, and remember not iniquity forever. Behold, please look, we are all your people.
2: Good morning, my name is Kurt. I'll be reading Mark 13, 24, um, through 37 uh, Thanks, Mike, for the large print. I appreciate that. I'm looking out for you. But in those days, after the tribulation, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, And the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds. From the end of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig trees learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near. At the very gates. Thirty truly, I'm sorry, truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, keep awake. and what I say to you, I will say to all, stay awake. Good morning, my name is Leah Schiller, and I'll be reading from 1 Corinthians 1,
1: 3-9.
2: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you, because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus
0: Thank you all. And Lord, thank you that it is by your grace that we are called into fellowship with you. Not anything that we've done, but what you have done. And thank you for your word that's been preserved throughout history. And that we get to read your words in public without any fear. And pray for those for whom that is not the case. There was a religious man standing at the feet of the mountains. And he looked up at the mountain. And he noticed that though the wind blew, the rains came, the snow fell, the men and the women and the beasts tread upon it. He noticed that the mountain did not move. It did not shake. It did not tremble. The mountain was solid. The mountain was fixed. And this, this young man remembered the stories of old. He remembered what the great teachers had taught him, the stories we maybe dismiss some kids? Probably a good idea. Sure. If you are little, this is the time of, of the service where you can uh, head on out the other way. Here we've got uh, Scott and Jewel and, uh, uh, and Mandy and, and Julie, are, or Naomi, excuse me, and Julie are going to be uh, helping you all. They've got a great, a great lesson prepared. Thanks all to, also to Sandy and Nicole for getting everybody checked in. Uh, Lord, we thank you for these kids. And we thank you for the work that you're doing in their lives and the people who are willing to volunteer the time to disciple them, to help them to grow in in the knowledge of you, uh, to walk in your ways and grow more and more into your image every day. And we continue to find a man standing at the base of a mountain dwelling on this mountain. It's unshakable nature. This man remembers the stories and he remembers that there was once a time when those mountains shook and he looks out from the base of that mountain and he looks at the people around him and he knows that he is an unclean man. He knows that the righteous as he would like to be he falls short. And he sees the people around him and he realizes that he is not alone. That people all around him have fallen short. There was once a great message, that they they once had a great understanding of the ways that they were supposed to be living, but they had wandered far from that way. As a country, they had once known political success, financial stability, civil unity. Now they found themselves in the midst of a great power struggle, great civil war, People had wandered, both in the city and the countryside. Things were in peril. And what was worse was that none of the people knew it. This young man sat at the base of the mountain, trying to understand why the people didn't get it. And he shouted to the Lord, God, if you would just come down, if you would just shake the mountains as you once did, if you would do something incredible, if you would part the seas. I I remember hearing these stories of old where you shook the earth just by your very presence. You came in a cloud. You did these miraculous things. Please do this again. And this is where we find Isaiah. Isaiah. Isaiah was a, a prophet. He he had a message from God, it was to be delivered to the people. Isaiah was a, was kind of a cosmopolitan guy. Some of you remember last spring we we preached through uh, Micah six eight. Micah was a, a country prophet. Isaiah lived around the same time. Uh, but lived in jerusalem. Over the last few weeks we were talking about we went through Ecclesiastes and we heard from this man named Solomon. Well Solomon was the king of Israel and, and after Solomon's time, Israel went from knowing political success, they were they were part of the they were in the world game. And then it all fell apart. Civil war broke out. A few of the clans went north and if you read in the book First uh, and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, you'll read about Israel and Judah. Israel, a few of the clans went north. They made the nation of Israel. A few clans went south. They created the kingdom of Judah. That was where Jerusalem was, and that was where Isaiah lived. And where Micah was out in the countryside, Isaiah found himself in Jerusalem, maybe a member of the royal family, but certainly very politically connected. Okay, so this guy, I mean... Isaiah, uh, Micah's probably reading you know, little, uh, some Wendell Berry. Maybe he's hanging out. He's, he's, he likes the Brainerd Dispatch. Um, Isaiah's more New York Times, C-SPAN kind of guy. Um, but both of them had, had observed that crime was running rampant. The poor were not being taken care of. Injustices were going unattended. Righteousness had been discarded and the Lord had basically been forgotten. And Isaiah is calling out to God and he says, hey, I, as that song that we sang earlier, he says, I remember hearing the story where you parted the waters and we walked through it. I remember where you showed up in a cloud to talk to Moses and the whole earth shook. If you just did that again, the people would would know you. They would remember you and they would start to walk in your ways. Please, God, show up and do that again. Please. It's like that line at the end of The Incredibles, you know, where the kid's looking around like, what are you doing? I was just waiting for something amazing, I guess. And that's Isaiah. Like, I just want that just need to see something amazing and we'll believe but something incredible does happen doesn't it and we'll we'll get we'll get into this throughout this season but if we can kind of prime the pump and 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 prepare ourselves a little bit about 700 years later uh, this this rising nation is kind of on the the dawn of a global domination that will take place for the next millennium uh, called the Roman Empire maybe you've heard of it and as kings and princes and queens and princesses are living in palaces and are far removed from from the people and the injustices and and they're insulated from from the iniquity that's going on in the world around them. Isaiah's prayers are answered. And Jesus comes. The Lord shows up. And instead of shaking the mountains, parting the waters, or speaking from a cloud or from fire, he's born in a barn. Worthy of all of the the royal treatment. He humbles himself and shows up among the cows. And you grow up, and Mark would tell about, about this conversation where, where Jesus is saying, "Hey, I'm, I'm here." Isaiah's prayers for restoration are being answered. you should take note. If you're not awake, you should wake up. If you are awake, keep awake. Keep alert. For there's a kingdom at hand that doesn't need to be announced by the shaking of mountains. For it's far more incredible than that. As we've been talking We've been created for a purpose that is beyond the sun. As Bob would have said, you know, our souls are designed for yes. They're designed for yes and communion with God. And Mark is trying to wake wake us up to this idea that that Isaiah had been calling out to that it's time to be prepared for that there is something going on in this earth. Here, now, we have a responsibility to play. The kingdom of God is at hand. And it isn't going to be ushered in by the shaking of mountains or the parting of waters, but rather by the Spirit dwelling within us and us going out into our community, into the people around us and interacting with those that we see every day, and parting the waters and shaking the mountains within their very souls, healing the wounds, overturning the injustices, and bringing the rule and the reign. Of the God on high who humbled himself and was born in a barn. And Mark would encourage us keep awake. You might not see it, but it's there. There is a kingdom that is being established. Whether you're participating or not, it is happening. Will you be obedient? Will you enter the call? Will you listen to what Jesus has for you? In the reading that Leah read out of Paul's letter to the Corinthians, so the Corinthians were uh, they hung out in the city called Corinth. It was it was close to um, Athens, and if you've studied any history, Athens was a place where there were some pretty smart people that hung out in Athens. And so when Paul writes this letter and he says, hey, I'm, I'm thankful for, the way, for your knowledge and for your speech. But then he spends the rest of the letter saying, hey, look, I know you're trying to be like Athens. You want to be a great speaker and you want to have all this knowledge. But don't go about it the way that, that the rest of the world is doing it. Remember that grace that Jesus had extended to you, that you were living out of? That's where you're supposed to live. That's where you get your strength. That's what is going to be truly captivating and, and, and what's gonna to, gonna to shake the world. Sure, study, work on your speech, but it's the Spirit working within you, it's the grace that Christ has extended through his resurrection that's going to change you. Not your own willpower. Not your self-control. that Those are great things. But it's his grace. That's what brings us into fellowship. That's what brings us into union. And he's saying you've been created with a purpose. And that message is the same for us. Solomon said it throughout Ecclesiastes. Isaiah is saying it this morning. Mark is trying to get us to wake up to the words that Jesus is saying, the invitation he's been calling us to. And Paul is reminding us that, look, if you're having this, this back and forth, on the train, off the train, getting it, not getting it, living in grace, walking in holiness, falling away, Paul's saying, yeah, that's not unique. That's been going on for thousands of years and there's grace for that. And when you think the grace has run out, we must remember Jesus' words that he gives more grace. And that we've been called to live lives that glorify God. And the great thing about it is, is that happens in everyday life. Knowledge, status, Financial standing has no bearing on our ability to obey and glorify the Lord. So, whether you have royal family and political connections like Isaiah, or you're a country prophet like his his, his contemporary Micah, we have the opportunity to serve the world around us. And so, as we listen to the readings and we try, and we begin to understand the story a little bit more. Who are you like? Is there a character you kind of resonate with from today? Maybe you're like Isaiah and you're just, you're looking for the Lord to do something incredible. You're wondering when or how the Lord is going to show up in your life and what what he's going to do. Maybe you're like Mark and you're listening and you're, you're wondering, what is it that Jesus is waking me up to? You're wondering what does the kingdom look like in my life? Maybe you're like some of those folks in Corinth that are relying more on their or trying to emulate more, look more like like the world around them. But do we hear Paul's words? Do we hear Jesus' words? That it's by grace that we're brought into fellowship with Jesus. And we're called to heed Mark's advice, to wake up to what the Lord is doing around us. This week, as we go about our lives, there are going to be people that we're going to interact with, a world that, just like the world Isaiah encountered, is lost and broken and hurting. And we get to be a part of that redemption. We get to be a part of that restoration. And we've been called to be God's people in and among the world. To live in such a way that calls people to ask the question, what's different about these people? Not because of what they do and what they don't do, but there's, there's something different. Like the old song says, they'll know they're Christians by their love. And so as we see and, and we will continue to see, as, as throughout Advent, the story of, of how Jesus enters into the world. Where other leaders at the time had been separated from the people, Jesus comes and draws near. He goes to the lowly places, to the people on the fringe, to the outcast. To the lost and to the hurting. And that's the world that we live in, and it doesn't matter. A lot of times we we we, we start to think this, and we th- and we th- you know we hear about going to the lost, and we think that it's more to do with with finance, but it c- it can go. You know, the wealthy are not are not immune from from pain, and from brokenness. And so in whatever world you walk in, whatever sphere you find yourself having influence, what will you do with that influence? How will we extend that grace? What is the kingdom looking like for you? I know that we're people, You know, if you, by the fact that you're here today, shows that you're people who care about what the Lord is doing, or you're at least interested. You're taking the moment to, to ask the questions about what God is doing. And so I'd ask that at some point in time this week that we just take a moment to ponder what is the Lord trying to wake us up to? What is the kingdom that he's walking us into? What is the part that we have to play in the building of that kingdom? And for those of us who would, who are regular attenders and participants in what's going on here at Communitas, for us it starts here, right? Getting to know the names of those around us. participating in the stories and what people are doing to greater influence the world around us. Because if we can't do that here, if we can't start to reach across the aisle or across the table or across the room, it gets difficult to reach our neighbor across the street, the unknown across the seas. And in all of our lives, there's, there's a continual restoration that's happening. If we look at what Paul is saying, that the Corinthians hadn't arrived, and neither do we. The call is never to arrive. Holiness is always an active, an active event it's a state of being where we've been called to be and to reside but it's it, it continues it's something we continue to partici- participate in throughout our lives and so we're going to close this time of our service we're going to read the a reading from Psalms It's be Psalm 80 and it's the Psalm for the, the liturgical reading for this for this week and we're going to read it as a prayer um and I'll read it, and there's a, there's a line that's going to be repeated three times, and it says, Restore us, O God, let your face shine that we might be saved. And I want that to just let that be our prayer for this time. So we're going to read through and just that that in this Advent season, over the next few weeks as we prepare for Christmas, amidst all the holiday parties, all the fun that we're about to have, maybe we'll get some snow. Let this be a prayer. That the Lord would continue to work in our lives to wake us up to what, what Isaiah is, is showing, what Mark was, was warning us for, and what Paul is reminding us of. That through Jesus we have fellowship with, with others and with God. By His grace we have been saved. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel. You lead, you who led Joseph like a flock, you who are enthroned upon the cherubim, shine forth before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh. Stir up your might and come save us. If you'll read this with me, Restore us, O God. Let your face shine. That we might be saved. Let's read that one more time. Restore us, O God. Let your face shine, that we may be saved. O Lord God of hosts, how long will you be angry with your people's prayers? You have fed them with bread and tears, given them tears to drink in full measure. You make us an object of contention for our neighbors, and our enemies laugh among themselves. Restore us, O God of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved. But let your hand be on the man of your right hand, the son of man who you have made strong for yourself. Then we shall not turn back from you. You've given us life, and we will call upon your name. Restore us, O Lord, God of hosts. Let your face shine that we may be saved. Lord, thank you for these people, and thank you for your time to ponder your word. We pray that we know that you are with us, and we pray that we would be with you in the working of of your kingdom. Bring it to our homes, to our workplaces, to our schools. Places we play, and to the world around us. Amen.